Turning points change the course of our lives, whether it's a big decision, overcoming an obstacle or tragedy, or taking a leap of faith. These stories of inspiration and resilience are what Turning Point is all about. Hello everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today on Turning Point. Our guest today is Jeff Martin. He has been a member of York Regional Police for 15 years, and in that time, a major turning point also led him to become a motivational speaker, an author, and a coach. Thank you so much for being here today, Jeff. Priya, this is absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your stage. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, well, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, you know, today you speak to kids across the country. You share a message of hope, of inspiration. Um, but it really was a tragic turning point that set you on this path. Um, so take me back to the summer of 2005 when you first became a police officer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I like to say that 2005 was the best year of my life. And it was also the same at the same time, the worst year of my life. 2005, I was hired as a police officer and I grew up in a really tough neighborhood. And every time I saw the police come around when I was growing up, it always felt like we were being harassed. It always felt like we were being picked on. And I always thought to myself, what if somebody took that same energy, that same, um, the power that a police officer had and actually used it for good to help the community, to help the kids in the community to become better. And so that really pushed me into that direction. And so yes, 2005, I was hired as a police officer. Now, if you recall 2005 in the city of Toronto, it was also called the summer of the gun. And during that year, we had uh, 80 murders that took place within the city of Toronto and 52 of them were by guns. Now, if you compare that to Chicago or some of these other major cities, you know, it doesn't fit, it doesn't compare. However, considering where Toronto was before that, we had 26 murders the year before and 27 the year after. So that year specifically, for whatever reason, it was, it was really busy when it came to um, the violence, specifically with, with gun violence. It was about 15 days after I graduated from police college, brand new. I woke up on a Monday morning to get ready to go to work. And I looked at my cell phone and I saw that I had 15 missed calls. And I started to go through and saw it was all family members. And I called back one of my family members and she was crying on the phone and I was trying to find out what was going on. Like, why was everybody calling? And she was trying to tell me, you know, something, but she couldn't get the words out. Finally, she was able to stop herself and she said that Omar is dead. So Omar was my cousin, Omar McLeod, and he was killed on August 15th, 2005, uh, right not too far from the Phoenix nightclub downtown Toronto. And, you know, having to deal with that, you know, Omar for me was like a little brother because I taught him how to play basketball. I taught him how to work the school system. I even taught him how to speak to, to young ladies, right? He was a little brother to me. Um, but on that day, Omar went down to the Phoenix nightclub to celebrate his 23rd birthday. And while he was down there, he received a call from somebody on his cell phone and he ended up going outside. And when he went outside, a car pulled up and someone, to what I understand, someone within the back of the car pulled the window down, pulled out a gun and shot him at point blank range. And so here I am now with this battle because a part of me just became the police officer. So a part of me said I was going to protect and serve. And then the other side of me wanted to go out there. And to be honest with you, I want to go out there and seek revenge because I grew up in a tough neighborhood, because I, I learned a lot of tough lessons. One of the lessons I did learn was retaliation. And because I was so overcome with 
with with the negative energy that was going through me um, of losing him, of seeing my family, um, you know, grieve him and, and all of us not knowing, you know, who's responsible and what really took place. And even to this day, we still don't know who's responsible. No one has ever been arrested for that case. And, you know, we're just caught up with all this turmoil of, of emotion. And for me, you know, again, just kind of growing up where I grew up and the tough lessons I learned, I wanted to go out there and have the, the killer's family feel the exact way that my family was feeling. And it was really almost like having the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, you know, like you see in the cartoons, like that was my reality at the time. And I got to say that during that time, I had a conversation with somebody and it was through that conversation that really changed my life. I was able to understand that all of us as human beings, we all put out energy and it's really comes down to what you do with that energy. And, you know, I have a little guy at home, he's two years old. And, you know, in one instant, he's he's laughing, having a great time. You know, within a second, snap of a finger, he's crying, his tears are down, his, going down his face. You hand him a cookie, he's laughing again. His tears are still on his face. He's able to turn his energy, right, the energy that he's putting out there, he's able to turn it on an instant. And if children can do that, we're all children, that means we can do it as well. And so I had to learn to take the negative energy that I had in wanting to go out there and seek revenge. I had to learn to find a way to turn it into a positive energy that I can be a part of the change. And so that's what really kind of took place in 2005 that, you know, started to shift my thinking in terms of how can I be a part of the change instead of being a part of the problem and ending up in jail um, or doing something, you know, really stupid. Tell us more about that that conversation that really allowed you to kind of step outside of the situation and see it in a different way. Yeah, you know, that was a big lesson for me as well, because I learned on that day when, when this individual came to me, I learned on that day that you don't have to have somebody who looks like you or someone who's from your neighborhood to really understand the situation that you're going through. And, you know, I was at work and it was an older uh, white man who came to me. He was on, he was a police officer for many years. His rank was like three or four higher than me. And I was a brand new cadet. You know, my, my, my uniform was fresh out of the, out of the box. And he came to me, he said, Jeff, you know, I heard about what happened. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Kind of brushing him off thinking, you know, you have no idea. And, you know, we stood there and we had a conversation and he told me that he had gone through something very similar when he was first hired. He had a family member who was taken suddenly as well. And he talked about the rage that he felt. He spoke about how his family um, at the time was looking at him like, well, you're the police officer. And since you're a police officer, you should be able to do something about this. And, it, you know, I was taken back because that's exactly how my family felt. They felt now because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm holding a badge in my pocket, I automatically should know what's going on. I should be able to help to solve this murder. And of course, it doesn't work that way. And speaking to this individual, you know, he's the one that was able to show me that despite what took place, how difficult it was for me and my family, how hard it was to to really comprehend the whole situation, I had an opportunity to make a difference. Even in that difficult time, I had an opportunity to make that difference. And it was through that conversation that really started to shift my thinking to say, how can I use my negative energy and turn it around to do something positive within the community? Wow. Did you ever tell that officer about the impact that he had on you? I, I have, yes. I had a, a, an opportunity to talk to him. Um, he's actually retired now. Um, but yeah, I've had an opportunity to talk to him and just kind of share with him where I am on my path now and, and all the great ideas that I have because I'm going in the direction that I'm going in now. 
And it was because of his talk that really just changed my thinking. You know, I, I remember at the time so vividly that my wife now was my girlfriend at the time and I had almost lost her because I was in such a, a dark place. Um, my friends, my good friends, I, I, I turned my back on them because I was in such a dark place. And it, again, it was through that conversation that really helped me to turn my energy around and now have an amazing wife and have amazing friendships and just making an impact all over our country now. Yeah, and let's talk about that because you went from this situation in 2005 to now traveling all over the country. You speak to groups of children in schools. Um, you now are having those impactful conversations with with other people. So how did you how did you have that that first opportunity to share your story, and and how did you kind of get from that conversation with your fellow officer to sharing your story in front of a group of people? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I knew I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I, I knew that I had to get my story out in terms of how I felt, but how I was able to turn things around. But I didn't know necessarily how to deliver that message. And so there's a bit of a gap there. And so I thought to myself, you know, as somebody who is had to deal with losing a family member, I know there's a ton of people um, within, you know, the community that have lost people, you know, to 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 gun violence and through, you know, difficult circumstances. And if I could help them through what I've been through to show them what I've been through and how they can turn their life around, then I can make a difference in their life. And so there's a school that I had approached and I was I was talking to the principal and I said, this is my story and I want to share this with your, your, your students and see if maybe we can do like a monthly session. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I remember going into the very first session, I stood up there, my mind was thinking, I'm going to be the best motivational speaker in the world. I'm going to change these kids' lives in an instant. And I went up there and I stumbled on words. I stuttered on other words. It, it was a mess in my mind anyway. It didn't come out the way I imagined it was going to come out. And even at the end of all that and feeling like, oh man, that was a bit of a mess. I had some students come up to me and say, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, it, it really makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to use some of the things you talked about to, to change my life. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, even though it didn't come out as clean as I wanted it to, there's a couple of students here who really grasped the idea of what I was trying to share. And so that really laid the seed for me into developing into a better motivational speaker, someone who's able to make a bigger impact. Um, I can now share my story a lot better because I've really studied the craft of, of speaking. And um, that has led me to where I am now, where I'm sharing it all over our country. And what is your message? So obviously you shared the story that you just shared with us. And, and how do you end it? What, what is your message, uh, especially to those uh, young children who are hearing this? So I, I really want our youth to know, and I, I say youth, but to be honest with you, I speak to a lot of adults as well. I do corporations, I do nonprofit organizations, and you know, regardless of what age you're at, there are people who are broken. There's people who are, have gone through difficult circumstances who are struggling. You know, I'm talking about from the child who's sitting in a, a seventh grade class to a CEO of a company. You know, as human beings, we all go through certain things, and we like to mask the things that we go through. And so, you know, when I have conversations with children or adults, oftentimes it can come out. And my overall message, I really want people to understand that they matter, like their lives matter, their dreams matter, the goals that they have for themselves, that they, they really matter. I find in some of the difficult neighborhoods, you have kids who feel like when I step out of my house, I step up, I, I step beyond my door and I see drug dealing and I see prostitution and I see gangs and I see, you know, all this mess. I want them to know that there's so much more life beyond what they see. 
it's important for them to see that because if they can see it, they can start to imagine themselves in that role. They can see themselves as becoming someone who travels, someone who's who's becomes that CEO, someone who owns a company, regardless of what it is they, they dream about. They can become it, but they have to be able to see it. And that's always my message, to let them know that they matter, their dreams matter, and it's important to chase after those dreams, even though sometimes you don't see it around you. And I know sometimes um, after you speak, um, whether it's to adults or kids, you do get a chance to hear from them and hear their feedback. So yeah. what do they tell you uh, after you share your story with them? Oh, man, Priya, it's, it's been amazing, the journey I've been on, because you know I'll go up there and I'll speak for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it might be. And because of me sharing my story, people really open up. You know, I talk about the things I've been through in my life. I talk about my vulnerabilities. And because I talk about mine, people want to share with me what they've been through. Um, you know, some of the things that really stick out, there was a young girl who came to me. She was about 15 years old. And she told me that she tried to commit suicide about 10 times. And I was like, wow, 15 years old. Uh, there was another young woman who came to me and I spoke at this school for two or three sessions. And at the end of the last session, she came to me and she whispered to me, she said, you know, Jeff, I've been listening to what you're talking about, about my self-worth, about my value. And because of what you said, and then she pulled up her sleeve and I could see all the self-inflicted wounds that she had on her arm. And she said, Jeff, because of what you said, I decided I'm going to stop self-harming. And again, just just totally taken back. I had another young man who came to me and he, I saw when he walked into the room, he had the world on his shoulders. And, you know, we spoke about a situation that he was going through and he talked about being sexually assaulted by a stepfather for for decades. And after speaking with him and, you know, I could see that he was really down. I was the first person he ever told about the circumstance. And, you know, at the end, I was able to speak life into him, let him know that his life mattered. And, you know, of course, him going through that difficult circumstance is, is tough. It's it's, you know, beyond thinking. However, he has the ability to help somebody else who might be going through that as well. And at the end of the conversation, he was able to tell me, I, you know, I was suicidal. But based on what you said, I decided I'm going to look at things differently and see how I can be a help in this world. And again, you know, these I say these things not because I'm a superhero by any means, but it, it shows me that the path I took in turning my energy around from negative to positive so long ago, it has led to changing lives today. I know for a fact that people are alive today because of me. Again, it's not an ego thing by any means, but because I, I found the, the ability of turning my negative energy into a positive energy, I've been able to help other people to do the same thing as well. And we all have the ability to do that. We don't have to be on a major stage. You don't have to be a big uh, superstar, TV star. You can be in your own circle, whether you be that crossing guard, whether you be that, that grocery store uh, employee, whatever it is, we all have the ability to make change within our own circle. And that's what it really comes down to. Such an important message for anyone to hear. And really at any age, you know, just that reminder of you can be anything and you yeah. can choose your own path. You, you really can. We, we oftentimes are limited by our own beliefs. We set these rules for ourselves. These are the things that I can do. These are the things I can't do. Because I'm a woman, I can't do this. Because I'm a, a black man, I can't do this. Because I'm, I'm a person who's disabled, I can't do this. Because I'm from the LGTB community, I cannot do this. We set rules for ourselves. Who put these rules in place? We do. We put these rules in place. And because we put these rules in place, we believe that we can't achieve at certain things. But 
the thing I love to say is that every time you believe you can't achieve at something because of a, um, a, a, you know, a circle you put around yourself, there's somebody else who falls in that circle who's out there smashing it. There's someone else who, who, who looks like you, who sounds like you, who's from your neighborhood, who's your gender, who, who, who has the same, uh, you know, whatever it might be, who's out there smashing it. So we have to stop making excuses for ourselves and, and really go after that thing that we want. Absolutely. Yeah, I know you've had, um, you've met so many amazing kids, young people, teenagers, adults along the way, but there's yeah. one I need to ask you about. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you met Barack Obama. Yes, On yes. your journey. So, okay, tell me, tell me everything. I want to know Oh, man. So, so this was so unreal um, because of the work that I'm doing. Um, somebody said to me, you know, Jeff, I want to give you the opportunity to come to the event where Barack Obama was going to be. And I was like, wow, like, for real? They're like, yeah. And so when I get to the event, um, I get, you know, everybody kind of gets given a, a card, like say a red card, and I get like a silver card. And I'm like, what's this? And they're like, you get a chance to actually meet him. Gosh. And I'm like, who, who, me? And they're like, yeah, for the work that you've been doing. And I was like, wow, again, just so humbled um, and grateful for that opportunity. So funny enough, we were at the event because um, of a book that I have called New Me. Myself and nine other guys, we came together to write a book to uplift men, to talk about circumstances where we fell down, uh, but more importantly, how we were able to get back up. So we're at the event. I'm there with the, the other authors in the book. And they're like, Jeff, you get a chance to meet Barack. You know you got to get, get him that book, right? And I'm like, you want me to give Barack Obama our book? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, okay, let's see how this works. So I have a copy of the book in my hand. I actually sign it you know, to Mr. Obama. Thank you for you know, being who you are, blah, blah, blah. And so I have the book in my hand. We walk into the room where he is. He's not quite, well, he's not quite there yet. The room has about 50 people. The event itself had maybe 25,000 people, but where he is going to be, it was about 50 people. And I'm like 48th in line, right? So I have my book in line and I could tell when he walks into the room, he's behind a black curtain so we can't see him. And there's a million and one secret services all over the place. And so, you know, everyone kind of stiffens up in the room. We're like, oh, he's gotta be behind that curtain. And so one by one, people are going back there and I have my book in my hand. At some point we get to a table and they say, okay, your wallets, your keys, whatever you have in your pockets got to go on this table. You can't have anything. So I have the book in my hand. I asked one of the, the uh, secret services, um, can I actually give him this book? And they said, no, you can't give him anything. And I said, can I maybe take a picture with, you know, me holding the book? And they're like, yeah, you can do that. And I'm like, cool. Okay. You know, so I'm super excited. We get closer to the line. I, I, I turn the corner, now I can see him. He's right there. There's like two people in front of me. I'm like, that is Barack Obama, like for real, for real. And so as I get closer, the person who's in front of me leaves. It's my turn. I take a step towards him and a secret service guy who didn't talk to the other guy snatches the book out of my hand. Oh. And I'm like, oh man, like right at the moment I'm about to give him the book. And so there's a small part of me that's disappointed as I'm walking up to Barack Obama. Who's disappointed walking up to the Barack Obama, right? Anyway, he comes, he, I, I walk to him and he's like, what's your name? I'm like, Jeff, sir. He's like, Jeff, it's great to meet you. Let's take a picture. The whole opportunity, you know, I'm in and out within, you know, a very, very few seconds. However, after that, the book comes back to me and I ask someone, is it possible to get hit this book to his people? And they say, absolutely, no problem. And so I give the book to them. I don't know if the book ended up in the trash. I don't know if the book is, you know, went back on the plane. I don't know if it's sitting in his library. I don't know where the book is now. Maybe one day he'll tweet about it. We don't know. However, it was such a great opportunity. And again, going back to the beginning, it was, it was granted to me because of the work that I'm doing. 
And so I'm, again, so grateful for these opportunities that have happened. Again, all going back to the fact that I was able to turn my life around. Unbelievable. Love. What a cool experience. Oh, man, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, you mentioned your book and, you know, uh, write it, that you co-authored with uh, several other men, specifically four men. What led to that project? So, again, with me doing the work that I'm doing, I thought to myself, if I can get other guys who are doing great work as well, maybe we can come together and make a bigger impact. And that was my thinking, because I know that when I share my story, some people can relate to it, some people can't. But if that other person shares their story, probably same thing. Some people can relate, some people can't. If we can put all our stories in a book together, we have 10 stories that you can choose from. And you may relate to some and not, and, and to others you may not. However, there's something that in that book that will speak to you. There's something in that book that's going to change your life because you recognize that you are not walking in whatever path it is you're walking in. You're not walking alone. Somebody else has been through it. And so my thinking was, let's put this book together so we can all put our stories together so we can help other people that maybe, you know, reach countries that I may never get to in my lifetime, get to corners of this earth that I may never, I may never visit. And so, yeah, I was able to construct this book, put it together, and it is out now, New Me, 10 Stories, or sorry, 10 Men, 10 Stories of Perseverance. Amazing. And that's just one more thing to kind of add to your to your collection um, of, of accomplishments that you have in the last 15 years. Um, I know you're really focusing on your motivational speaking now. Mm. Um, and I just want to go back to Omar for a minute because yeah. it, it's been more than 15 years now yes. since he was killed. Uh, you've managed to channel this into something positive. You've helped dozens of young people. If Omar could talk to you today, what do you think he would say, knowing everything you've done? Oh, man, I, I know that he would be proud of the work I've done. Um, he would be proud of the fact that I didn't actually go out and do what I initially said I was going to do, what I wanted to do, what the bad part of me wanted to do. Um, I think that he would be so pleased to know that it's, it's, it's him that pushed me to become who I am today. And of course, you know, if, if I could, you know, find a way to bring him back, I would. We know the world doesn't work that way, but it's through him that I do what I do. So on the days that, you know, I, I feel like I don't want to get out of bed because I'm super tired. I've, I've been working all week, but I have an event to do. I have something I got to do. It's him that drives me to get up and go. Uh, on the circumstances where I feel nervous or, you know, a little scared to kind of get up on stage, it's him that drives me to, to get up on stage. I know that it's bigger than me. It's, it's not about me going on there and sharing my story. It's about what my story can do for somebody else, how it can change their life so they can become better. I really believe that all of us um, have a connection. And, you know, I'm sure you were inspired by somebody that, that has you here with this great um, platform that you're putting together. And because you're doing this, somebody at some point will be inspired by you. There'll be another platform 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now because of what you're doing. We all have the, the ability to inspire somebody and to make this world better, to make lives better because of what we do. So I'm very conscious about what I do because I know that somebody somewhere is paying attention. And so, yeah, Omar would be super proud because he sees where things have come based on what took place in, in, the, in our, the lives of our family. I think you're absolutely right. He would be so proud of you. Thank Jeff, thank you. you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story, for the work that you do. Um, we hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And again, congratulations on this amazing platform. Thanks so much, Jeff.